Hi, this is Travis McElroy, your middleest good boy, and you're listening to the Good Boys Girls. Have fun! Thereupon, welcome back to the Good Boys Girls, a fan podcast for the McElroy family of products. My name is Haley Rose. My name is Lily Blue. And we are the, the Good, Good Boys, Boys Girls. Girls. Hi, I love you. Hi, I love you. Um, so baby, you had a story. I did have a story. So um before the call, we were talking about anxiety, um, which I have, apparently. Didn't know that until a few months ago. So that's like, no. I know. <laughs> you would think me with my like spirals and my perfectionism and my constant like nitpicking of everything, you'd think I would f- have figured it out. But I was like, I don't have panic attacks. And like, I don't, I, this is, I don't have anxiety. I'm good. And then my therapist was like, <laughs> no, you definitely have anxiety. I was like, oh, radical, cool. <laughs> um, so today I was walking into class. I literally had one class today and I was walking into class and um, I there's this parking lot directly across the street from the music building and it's got paid parking spaces. So when I'm running a little bit late, I'll just park in a paid space and, and cross the street. Um, and there's... Uh, there are these signs, right? They're like pedestrian signs that you press the button and like yellow lights mm-hmm. flash. Right, right. Um, so somebody else had crossed the street before me and had already pressed the button. So the lights were already flashing. So I didn't feel like it was necessary to press them again. Yikes. Um, and so literally as I'm almost all the way across the street, the lights shut off. And I'm I'm not like an unsuspecting person, right? I'm like, you know, I'm 5'6". I'm 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 was wearing a bright green long dress today like I wasn't invisible in and mm-hmm. by any means and yet this girl in a white car literally almost hit me. Oh god. And but like she stopped <laughs> That's Florida for yeah, you. Yeah, she stopped like right at the crosswalk and I looked at her and I was just like I just like raised my hand like have a nice day and finished walking across the street. <laughs> my heart didn't pound. I didn't start breathe. Like I didn't even get, I was just like, that You know happened. what that is? is you've, you've been living in Florida for far too long. Where that <laughs> no. is an un, un, like, that's an unceremonious event yeah, where all of I a think, sudden you almost get hit by a car and you're just like, well, that's just Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 20 years in Florida. I think like by now I've kind of like, I almost die and I'm kind of just like, yeah, this is, I mean, it was like, either this or alligators, you know. The only time, <laughs> the only time I almost got hit by a car, I briefly turned into Spider-Man for the second time in my life. The first time, of course, was when I took too many caffeine pills in high school and almost fell down the stairs. Did a full front flip and landed on my feet on the landing, and my history teacher oh did my a cuss at me, God. and he said, "Are you fucking Spider-Man?" <laughs> and then the second time I became Spider-Man in my life, I was walking to an improv class in New York City, and I was crossing an <laughs> intersection, and a taxi cab runs a red light almost hits me i planted my left foot on the hood of the taxi and jumped backwards some dude was like holy shit and i was like fucking asshole and i just i was late for class so i just kept walking and it was (laughs) 
uneventful insofar as I didn't have time, which is the most New York thing I could possibly <laughs> have ever experienced is I don't have time to be hit by a taxi cab right now. So that's that's. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so you you need to get out of Florida, baby. Yeah, I mean, twenty years I think is too long. But I I no, I like it was so weird. In internally, I was totally like prepared and accepted the fact that I was just gonna get leveled by a car. I was just like, okay, I'm I'm ready. <laughs> like you know, and I stopped like in the middle of the crosswalk. So like she wouldn't have hit me. Because I saw her before she saw me, but like if she had kept going, like I would have been fine. But there was a, some part of me that was like not even afraid. I was just like, yeah, all right, this is <laughs> this is bound to happen eventually. <laughs> like, just tr- just try it, buddy. I yeah. have the power of God and, and anime, anime on, on my, my side. side. <laughs> um, so we uh, probably should interview we, interview. We should probably introduce the, our de- the, our, the our laughing our guest. audience in the background. The third voice, yeah, yeah, our laugh track. Um. And yeah, we have with us a very special person who has come all the way from the land of YouTube. <gasps> and we have none other than, uh, how do you pronounce your last name? Uh, Zedig. Depends on Zedig. what country. Sarah Zedig. Yeah, it depends on what country you're from, apparently, because uh, some some asshole named H. Bomber guy pronounced it Zedig. I don't know what to do with that, but <laughs> I don't know. I, um, I feel like if he, if he pronounces it Zedig, I should do that. But yeah, I'm Sarah Zedig. I do stuff. Yeah, if you didn't already recognize her voice from uh, the Trans Questioning podcast or the uh, incredible YouTube channel, Let's Talk About Stuff, um, Sarah Zedig just actually released a YouTube video uh, about the politics of the McElroy brothers. Um, spoilers, it's great. Oh. Uh, so... Please go watch that if you haven't already. Pause this podcast, run over to youtube.com and There's type in- There's actually gonna be a link in the description, so just click on that. Just wow. click on that, run over, type, or if you don't have the link ready and you type in politics McElroy, which sounds like a great like stage persona of like, hey, I'm politics McElroy. <laughs> um, it sounds like a Seth MacFarlane character, really. Oh. Um, and uh, if you scroll, it's right at the very top. But if you scroll down, there's actually a video called American Comic Eric McElroy Explains U.S. Politics. It's one minute and 17 seconds long. I think that's a bold claim that he could explain the whole thing <laughs> in one minute and 17 seconds. But the far better, the far better video is at the very top there. And it is our very good girl, Sarah Zedig, talking yeah. about the McElroy brothers. Welcome Too to much. the Good Boys Girls. Wow. Thank you for having me. I feel so honored to be able to just listen to y'all chatter for 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 seven minutes. It's fun. I, I enjoy. So <laughs> the shade of it all. <laughs> so That's simultaneously the best compliment and also the shadiest thing anyone's ever said to me. That's gay culture, honey. Yes. Yes. Uh, oh my god. Oh man. Yeah. And red in the face. That oh. is a hard thing to do. Um, wow. My power, uh, my power is strong. <laughs> so um, the main reason we had, uh, we wanted you to come on is, um, first of all, you give us a shout out in the video. And so we wanted to thank you yes. uh, on public record um, <laughs> and say, you know, thanks for giving us the shout out. We really appreciate it. Yeah. And um, also... Uh, you said at the end that there were a bunch of things that you didn't have time to get into, and uh, well, wouldn't you know it, we have ourselves a format here that's long form, so 
we wanted to get into some of the things that you didn't have a chance to talk about. Now, I do have a concern about this podcast, which is that I don't I don't see a camera anywhere. Uh, yes. So this is an audio medium um, and uh, we don't use uh, cameras and uh, we don't use jump cuts. We don't use fancy cutaway gags, uh, editing techniques. We don't overlay the final how do you, face on. on our face in a grim mask of death. Oh, God. How do you how do you <laughs> trick people into thinking you're funny? Oh, it's uh, it's all talent, hunty. <laughs> oh, I have some very bad news for you. I uh-huh. I I don't have talent. Oh, I beg to differ. <laughs> oh, that's differ. not true at all. <laughs> oh, sweet honey, summer child, uh, you are fabulous. Oh, um, and uh, yeah, and also you're gay, so like you already have a leg up on most people. So that's, yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> that's just the fucking facts that's, of life. That's the tea. That's the tea. <laughs> Here, you heard it here first, straight people who do not listen to our show. <laughs> we have, a, we have um, a handful. I mean, we have a handful of good allies, and they won't be upset by that joke. No, so. they won't. A handful of token straights. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I know for sure that Drew Davenport listens to this podcast. I love Drew. He's such a good boy. I love boy. Drew Davenport. He's, he's an incredible. Sometimes. He's really, really nice. And his episode on this uh, podcast was also really nice. If you haven't listened to that, you should check it out. But. So I had I wanted to get to first things first, okay? Yeah. Before anything else, one glaring oversight in your video oh, that God. I need to be addressed right now. Okay. What does the Nuzlocke run say about Griffin's politics? Oh, Lord. I actually had... So I have, I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, I didn't have... <laughs> no, uh, let's see. I have to make this up real quick. So... The Nuzlocke, <laughs> the Nuzlocke run, I see it, if I'm being serious, I don't know about politics explicitly, but I see the Nuzlocke run as like a beta test for the kind of thing that he goes on to do in Monster Factory and Taz, mm. where yeah. there's a lot of narrative that is built on random elements that he has no control over. Yeah, And it's, mm. I think that, that it, it's sort of the barest essentials of his sort of storytelling style and also the skill that he has that frankly just makes me furious every time I hear his damn voice is that <laughs> he he's just there's there's no like addressing whatever whatever thing that he's he's participating in whether it's D&D or a, a video game uh, with his brother but just by himself as if it's like a, f- a fake thing he's always engaging with it on its own level and and yes, yes ending it as i say in the video uh yes. and that as far as like the actual narrative of of the nuzlocke run i think it says a lot about his love of birds and his hatred of dogs god yeah <laughs> but dogs should vote He's, he made that up. Vote. he's he's this, this is the thing is that he kind of waffles on that dogs was, because that he, was that was Griffin McElroy in his late period, though, in his when he entered his bl- his his blue period, uh, <laughs> where he liked dogs. But the thing is, he went he waffled right back or er, flip flop back, and he said, "No dogs on the moon." Exactly. This is the thing: is that you know, I I, I make I, I left a lot of things on the table with my politics of the McElroys video, and one of the big things is just like 
really not getting into how much of a blatant fucking hypocrite Griffin McElroy is. Um, <laughs> I, I, f- I feel like, I, f- I mean, y'all know. You, you, you get it. You're with me on this. Mm-hmm. I say as I sip of water. <laughs> well, he's definitely... Um, we actually were talking about this earlier, right? And I think we'll, we'll get into this a little bit later, but actually, like, on... Like a, a fairly serious note, the um, the thing that I get the most out of Griffin's Nuzlocke run is the inherent and not to, um, I know terminology like masculine and feminine has a lot of uh, other connotations these days. What with yeah. the burgeoning sort of gender renaissance we're in, um, but there is a big 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 feminine energy that griffin mcelroy has and it's not to say that he is not manly or masculine or a good father or gay or whatever like there's no judgment on his identity but he nurtures and loves those pokemon and truly mourns openly when they die yes absolutely (laughs) and that's a very feminine thing and again not to say that like men can't mourn and be openly caring and nurturing but like those are traits typically associated with the feminine side of the dichotomy. Yeah, right. I, well, I think that that speaks to, again, why so many like queer and uh, women, uh, queer people lesbians. and women. <laughs> so yeah, exactly, why specifically so many uh, lesbians love uh, Griffin and the, the boys in general is mm-hmm. there is this very unapologetic love and care that he demonstrates so frequently mm-hmm. and it it just it's just thinking about it actually i'm feeling a little bit more relaxed and it's like i don't know i just it, it's it's hard for me to really describe what what it is that he does that that makes me feel like i'm not always dying but it's mm. it's something <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's nice. It's just pleasant. I don't know what to say. I <laughs> well, there's a there's a definite, um, not to get too fucking heavy too quick, but hey, welcome to the good boys girls, right? Um, uh, the there's a definite sort of um, what's the terminology? I mean, like not to glorify the military or anything, but I can't think of anything better. Like a sort of brothers in arms feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're talk when when you think about the McElroy brothers, especially for someone who's ever dealt with, you know, a very close death and untimely death um, because they experienced that as a family. Mm-hmm. And so like they, you know, you, you get this feeling of like, they get it. It's, it's a, it's a, they get it kind of idea. Like something that most creators kind of, you know, I watch these fucking like young twinks on YouTube doing makeup tutorials and shit. And I'm like, they don't know fucking shit about <laughs> suffering. <laughs> know about life like yeah. you know they're out here being young gorgeous little twinks who get as much ass as they could possibly handle and fucking you know I'm sitting down here just like losing friends to the disease of addiction and like oh. you know it's yeah. it's yeah it's, it's fucking grimdark but like you know that's fucking life and yeah. the McElroy brothers know life and that's one of the big things about them I think that makes me feel comforted yeah, I wanted one of the things that I wanted to bring up more was 
their relationship with their mother and mm-hmm. particularly that uh, the, the adventure zone zone where Clint says that uh, their mother's fingerprints were all over Taz. Uh, this is one of the omissions that gets brought up in the comments of this video right now. And it's the sort of thing that I kind of am like hitting myself over just because it, there's, there's not enough time ever to cover everything. Mm-hmm, but I think that that is a, a definitely a big part of how they arrived at the empathy that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, it, that's the, the genesis of Mabimbam. So it's everything that they have done since then is, is informed by that in some mm-hmm. way. Well, if I may, um, if I may step in, I actually have a little piece of knowledge here. Ooh. Um, no. so Griffin McElroy, um, recently visited my university, um, and gave a lecture. Oh. And, um, he spoke at length actually about this exact thing. Um, about his mom and about how she was kind of the glue that held their family together. Mm-hmm. Um, and when she died, they started falling apart. And the four of them, the four boys, would have these screaming fights, just yelling at each other. Um, and somebody said, one. there was one night he said that somebody said, well, fine, if this is how it's going to be, then we just should all move away to separate places and never see each other except on holidays. And there was that moment, that moment where, like, there is an alternate universe somewhere where everything the McElroys do doesn't exist because they made the other choice. Yeah. And, yeah. um, And so, they, but they instead... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my (laughs) dream. They instead decided they loved each other too much. And like in that moment, a new bond was forged and they did move to separate places. But then they started making Mabim Bam because they wanted to stay together. And like, you know, Justin and Griffin worked at Joystick together. And, <clears throat> you know, then they wanted to get they Well, that's what started first. So Justin and Griffin both got started working at Joystick and doing the Joystick podcast. And they loved doing that so much. They wanted to get Travis involved. So then they started Mabim Bam. Well, actually, it was... um. Travis and Griffin moved to Cincinnati together and Justin got jealous that he and (laughs) Griffin were spending so much time together. And then, so Justin was like, hey, let's make a podcast. And then according to Travis, each one of them says a different one came up with the idea of an advice podcast. Yeah. Um, And so Travis swears it was Justin. And um, yeah, and then that one thing led to another. Griffin was saying that he, um, he was so cute. He was like, you know, we we had a conversation. It was a 45-minute conversation we had in uh, an AIM chat room. Mm. And he goes, that dates it a little bit, but um, <laughs> uh, he was like, we had this conversation and there was just something about it. I could just feel it. There was just something about the conversation that we were having. I saved the chat logs from that conversation because- Oh, shit. Because wow. I- I just knew. I just had this feeling. But within 45 minutes, they came up with an air date, a recording date, a title, and a basis for the podcast. And he was like, so in 45 minutes... We built a media empire. <laughs> we built I the mean, beginnings. that's kind of how it we do. Built the be- I know. Well, I mean, like, that's how it do- did for us. Like, I was the same way. Like, I just, I started a Buffy podcast with my best friend. And then I was like, 
let's start a network. And so we did that and then it kind of died for a bit. And then I met you and you were like, let's keep doing the network. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I less prefer, the, I, 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 I don't prefer the term uh, media empire. I much prefer the term media commune, but continue. Yeah. Oh, well, we're a media commune. <laughs> yeah, we we shouldn't I, we shouldn't tacitly glorify colonialism by using the word empire, but we don't have time to get into so that. I I <laughs> I love that. There are these moments that you just sort of like dropped um, these like high concept ideas into the conversation that more or less foreshadowed your conclusion, um, which. Uh, you know, spoilers for anybody who slacked off and didn't watch the video, but this is your punishment. Spoilers um, for my video essay. <laughs> yeah. Um, that the McElroy brothers' political ideology based on their work is communism. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was showing this to my friend Johnny, who we do Comradical together, which is a, a, po a, a comedy podcast about socialism and you. And um, it's, uh, he was laughing at like all the fucking all of those cutaway jokes that like you were like why are we tacitly glorifying <laughs> empire and colonialism in such a we don't have time to get it he was dying laughing but like so confused when you were like talking about the ending of stolen century because he had never seen it or listened oh. to it and so he was like what the fuck is that i gotta i gotta watch this i'm like it's a podcast he's like i gotta listen to this <laughs> um God. but johnny yeah he was he's <laughs> I love that boy. <laughs> He's something else. He is something um, and, else. But yeah, no, it's 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 funny. I was like, I was doing this experiment, right? Because like more or less, your video was the final pin, like the final nail in my in my big red coffin. Mm. Um, Interesting. Because I was like full blown anarchist for my whole like teenagehood, as a lot of us are, yeah. and then I realized that's completely counterproductive to society as a whole, and I. Um, was kind of lost and then started getting lulled into the side of socialism and then you were just like the McElroy brothers believe in communism I was like alright that's it that's good enough for me <laughs> fuck um, but I was curious to see if the opposite effect would be true for somebody who already was a communist so I played it for him and he was like I gotta start listening to the McElroy brothers and I was like Woo! <laughs> so Awesome. Um, yeah, mm. for sure. Got really off topic there for a fucking second. What oh, the hell were we even talking about? Who, who um, knows? Who knows? It's all um, jazz, baby. Yeah. It's all jazz. Baby. I I do. I, I want to say I've gotten a number of comments. A uh, lot of really ignorant, just sort of basic things that uh, the sort the sort of fun like. Oh, you dislike capitalism, and yet you you profit from creating <laughs> any you know. Why do we give artists money? Exactly. Yeah. There's. I I love all of the comments that I get because I know exactly at what point they stopped watching the video, and <laughs> I just give them a link with a timestamp to the moment when I rebut them in the video. And mm. my, my favorite one is just the, why don't you make your own video if you think you're so fucking smart? Because, I don't know, that that's 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 really off topic. But I want to say that like when it comes to the communism thing, I was being generally facetious mm -hmm. uh, in the sense that uh, I'm 
there's a, there seems to be a slight misconception among some people that I'm saying that the McElroys are literally like full uh, card Marx, carrying card yeah. carrying communists. <clears throat> and yeah. uh, folks, that's not how media criticism works. No. Um, <laughs> uh, I, we work in the realm of theory. For those of you that don't know what theory means, um <laughs> Right. It's it's yeah. Uh and there is there is an an argument to be made that I should have stuck with the term socialism because communism is distinct, but there is a level of like we're we've communism as a just as a word has this optical reputation that kind of it, it there's a lot of baggage to get over there where socialism doesn't yes. so much, but I don't know. Yeah. I thought it was funny and a lot of people. It was glorious. <laughs> and you played the fucking, the, 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 the Soviet anthem. Yeah. Which just hammered it home for me. I was like, hell yeah. Memes. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, um, it was, it was a glorious moment to behold nonetheless. Um, but my favorite thing that you actually talked about that really kind of fucking blew my mind um, and Blue and I talked about this like at length after we watched the video for the first time was oh. this concept that um, hot take heaven is fascism. And yes. Oh. Wow. What a fucking bag of candy that was. And Holy that, like, hell. Uh, that really fucking hit home really hard for me because you I was raised, raised, I was raised Baptist mm. um, in Florida. <laughs> Yeah. <clears throat> and um you know i i've always struggled with religion um just in general like even in my youth i didn't like going to church like i i mean it wasn't just the fact that church was boring it just felt something about it felt wrong to me like even oh. in, as a child i was like this doesn't feel right i don't feel welcome and warm i don't understand like you know and i'm sure some people find find solace in it but i just could never feel comfortable everything about it felt kind of fake and weirdly like i don't know it in now i've realized it's it's that it just doesn't feel it's not the utopia that i want like the idea of a afterlife that's just endless forever like peace is Ugh. not satisfying to me no you know what I, I mean? Like, I just want rest. <laughs> I, I just, I just want nothing. Like, that would be best. That would be ideal for me, rather than eternal life. Like, who wants to live forever? That's yeah. stupid. Has nobody yeah. ever seen a vampire movie? Like, it sucks. <laughs> sucks so bad. And also, like, I brought up the topic of like, it's the idea of if every day was your birthday, you'd never want it to be your birthday anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's that same kind of concept of like, if every day was just like peaceful nothingness eventually you'd get bored with peaceful nothingness like yeah it wouldn't I, be satisfying I, anymore i raised the point that like my ideal like forever would be you know silent contentment you know just mm -hmm. like this is fine you know like this is good forever and like i never stop feeling like this is exactly it you know like this is it and you know there's moments when thinking about like the afterlife that Griffin imagined up in Taz that makes me be like, man, that, you know, like, yeah, absolutely. That absolutely. Like, you know, you get that, you get the closure of a, of a lost 
bond, you know, a bond severed too short, as you said so eloquently. And, you know, you get that closure and like a moment of peace and serenity and like bliss and love. And then like you just kind of rejoin the 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 uh, ethereal plane and like, is it the ethereal plane? Wait. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or the astral plane. Yeah. it's. Uh, I think it's the astral plane. Yeah. I don't remember. Who knows? And you just rejoin the energy. You know, like you yeah. just join with the energy and fucking chill with Lich Kravitz and, and Loop and, and Barry and just like fucking party, you know? Like get down with your trans sister uh, and fucking have a good time. Um, we'll talk about Loop after the break, but we I think we should probably touch on a, a, a couple more things before we, we hop off yeah. into the break. but. Um, no, we can well, we so, can go to ad break now. We can go to the honey zone. That's fine. The honey zone? Yeah, let's go to the honey uh, zone. You, you want to go to the honey oh. zone? I do. Can you? Will well, you buzz, take buzz, me? buzz. I'm 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 a little honeybee, and let's go to the honey zone. <laughs> All right. Um, let me just double check really quick that we are not supposed to advertise for trans artist of the day. Yes. Doop that, doop that. It's, I'm so it's gay. Cryptid, cryptid keeper, art ghost, comradical, radical, bad advertising, what you call it, an ending pending. Okay, so we're good. Cool. <clears throat> she didn't want too much overlap between like people. Just us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, our fans um, pretty much listen to all of our content, so it's fine. Yeah. Um. Okay, so I would like to talk about um a podcast on the network. That I love very much, um, and that podcast would be Overwitch. 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 Um, we love our Overwitch boys. They are so wonderful and good. Um, Overwitch is a podcast in which three friends play video games together and talk about them. Um, it is mostly an Overwatch podcast. They review the Overwatch news from the last uh, two weeks. And uh, talk about like what's new and what's fun, but they are just normal guys. They don't talk really about like competitive gaming or they they stand by the fact that if you like video games, you're a gamer. Congratulations, you did it. Um, what a notion. What a notion. Uh, they're they're wonderful, wonderful people. And so then they they talk about Overwatch, and then they uh, talk about a video game, and they basically rate whether the video game is playable or not based on whether they would replace it with their Overwatch playtime, which I think is really cute. So um, go check them out. They All three of them have been friends like forever, so their chemistry is incredible and they're hilarious. I love listening to their podcast every other week. And that comes out um, opposite of us on every other Friday uh, at LunarLightStudio.com. Buy it, idiot. Wrong podcast. Um, <clears throat> I would like to talk about a podcast called Artificial Ghost Radio. Ooh. Spooky. A couple of ghosts. Um, some some ghoulish, ghoulish folk. Some spookums. Some spookums. Um, that sounds gross. <laughs> um, you said it, not sounds me. like a ghost made out of vomit. Stop um, it. Just do the ad. <laughs> so uh, Artificial Ghost Radio is a podcast hosted by our very good friends, uh, Miles and Mars. And uh, basically every week they get together and go for a little drive in their haunted automobile and talk about 
uh, some songs usually centered around a theme. They talk about music and pop culture and have a couple of goofs and gaffes. Uh, they love each other and they love music, but it's not on a, you know inaccessible kind of criticism. It's not like going through and breaking it down in such a way that you're like, what are they even talking about? I don't even want to listen to music anymore. No. This is a show that makes you want to listen to music. Oh, goodness. Makes so you want to listen to new music. Yeah. And this is a great place to discover new songs. So if you are the kind of person who's always like, man, I'm only listening to the same like six artists all the time. Listen to Wolfpack, Carly Rae Jepsen. I'm Griffin McElroy. And like, <laughs> and you want to find something new, uh, go over to Artificial Ghost Radio every f- Saturday? It's every single Saturday. Every single Saturday, only on LunarLightStudio.com. Get it. Get it. <clears throat> Buy it, genius. Um, Buy it, genius. That's the opposite Consume wholesome it. version. Sell it, genius. <laughs> Sell it, genius. <laughs> Welcome to the ad firm of Parker, Lennox, and Rose. Our job is to take your brand and bring it to the forefront of the cultural zeitgeist. None of us have studied advertising. In fact, we don't know anything about business at all. The one thing we do know is how to make your product a viral failure. Coke is just better than Dr. Pepper because Coke did not... Dr. Pepper already did their own advertising by having an actual advertisement where the slogan was, It's not for women. (laughs) (laughs) This is Advertising. Brought to you by Lunar Light Studio every other Monday. Available on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, welcome back from the Honey Zone. I'm all sticky. Um, oh. Ew. <laughs> Ew. So, okay, I have to be, I have to be real. I, I am too, but I'm always sticky. Nice. Oh my God. I, high five. <laughs> That was uh, the yeah. stickiest high five I've ever heard in my life. Oh god! Yeah, I had actual time delay and how sticky it was. We had to high five through honey. Well, yeah. baby, um, that's called editing magic. Ooh. Editing magic—it's all a lie. So, um, do you mind? Sorry, do you mind if I weigh in on the uh, uh, heaven fascism? Hell debacle? yes, of course. Uh, so, I'm sorry that we like jumped out of that topic <laughs> and into. Uh, capitalism for a second. Um, oh, it's okay. But- it's okay. This is this is how it goes. Uh, so, Lily, your description of your experience with a uh, church grown up is mm-hmm. basically one to one with me. Yeah, I um, I I was not raised religious. Like my my mom very clearly. Uh, she was like a hippie. She abstained from her parent, her her parents' uh, very strict religion. But mm. uh, whenever we visited, I had to go with them, and so I went to church infrequently uh, growing up and at various points. And I never, ever, ever felt comfortable there. And there was just this weird sense of yeah. I don't even know. Like everybody was there following these steps that nobody seemed to enjoy, but they're just right. automatic. And it's like, I understand it as like a, a centerfold for community. Right. Um, yeah. But it just always felt creepy and kind of gross to me. And I just, it felt wrong on, on like a, a deep level. Yeah. And, and so 
my thinking with um, the the, uh, the the heaven is is fascism sort of thing. Um, so my mom died when I was nineteen, and uh, I've I've known a lot of other people to die uh, before and since, and uh, I remember at my mom's funeral, a lot of people. We're saying it's okay. She's at rest now. She's in a better place. Like my grandparents said, mm-hmm. she's she's at rest now. She's in a better place. And all I could think of was this conversation that I had had with my mom, where she said, you know, your your grandparents uh, love us both, but they're very fundamentalist Christians, and they uh, firmly believe that if I don't uh, take the right steps before I die, that I'm going to hell. Right. And it's sort of laid bare the hypocrisy of right. it where it's like you're willing to condemn somebody while they're alive and believe that the worst is going to happen to them. But when they're dead, it's like, well, no, of course, I love them. Therefore, they're uh, they're excluded from the judgment. Right. A- and right. I've just I've never. No one's ever been able to give me a good description of heaven that felt like anything other than church, but always. Right. Which sucks. Yeah. Which is really bad. I hate that. Yeah. And to me, I've never been, I've never been atheist. I generally, I, I take this sort of edgy teenager, like, actually I'm spiritual, you know, that sort of. Thing, but it's it's really yeah. funny you say that actually because Haley and I are both practicing druids like witchcraft ah. basically um so we're both incredibly spiritual people but we've come up with a definition of what spirituality means to us it's not like yeah and it's organized it's, religion I, yeah and like you know I've, I've never made a secret of the fact like I'm in a 12-step recovery program um mm. And so part of that for me was coming up with a higher power of my own understanding. Mm-hmm. And like they make a very, in, in the fellowship that I practice and we we practice and it's not really practice, but um, in the fellowship <laughs> that I'm a part of, they make it very clear that it's not religious, it's spiritual. Um, right. And okay. so you have to come up with something of your own. And so- That's really you know, smart. Yeah, there is yeah. a difference between religion and spirituality. And I think uh, that uh, for me was kind of why I was frustrated with religion because it felt like the spiritual aspect was absent from yes, church. Absolutely. There wasn't there wasn't healing or peace there. It was just like we come here to sing songs and there's so many church politics with money and like Ugh. my parents were when I was young, you know, there was a period of time where I was at church every Sunday and every Wednesday. Um, <laughs> and my parents were very involved with the church. You know, my my mom did Bible study for like the little kids. Like she, she watched the three, four and five year olds and like would teach them Bible stories and, you know, watch them while their parents were in service. And then my dad ran the soundboard for the band and like they were highly involved and like gave a lot of their time and money to the church. And then I've never gotten the full story, but something happened and like something happened really bad. Fire nation attacked. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It was like, I, I, my understanding of it is that there was some, stolen money involved or like s- s- promised payment that didn't get paid. I don't, rem- I don't know. I don't want to speculate because I don't know, but, but yeah, they decided they were never going back to that specific place. And 
you know, my mom laments all the time that she like misses going to church and she misses misses being spiritual and she like listens to sermons on the radio or watches them on TV and like, mm. but you know, but then I started to feel <laughs> that too. Like my spirit was empty and I've, yeah. I've talked to Haley about this a lot. Like I've just been really spiritually empty. And so then we started just kind of, she, she's been helping me find something that's of my own understanding. Hi, and welcome like, back to the clergy girls. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we gotta. We we're getting a little bit off topic here. I just no. I mean, this well, is a good discussion though. Like, I'm. This yeah. is the kind of shit I sign up for. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, um, I'm. I'm a firm believer that you should believe in children because they have a sort of untainted like view of things. It's very objective. Right. And so, like, you know, when when I was younger with my brother, we were in church, and you know, we were raised on Star Trek before we even had Catholicism put into our lives, and um. So we, when people were doing like the same prayer, like, you know, saying like the Nicene Creed in Catholic mass, everyone was saying the same words at the same time with zero affect because mm. they were just reciting it from memory. And it was just, just this one monotone, hollow, unified voice. And we were like, these motherfuckers sound like the Borg right now. <laughs> and like, it spooked us the hell out. And like that's like tying it back into this idea of like the hunger, this hive mind fascist like yeah, mentality absolutely. of just like we are all the same, we do the same thing, this is what we say. And we were like, why? And they were like, that's just how it is. And I'm like, I don't like that answer. That's a bad one. Yeah. Yeah. And and with the hunger, one of the things that I wish that I one of the many things I left on the table was that, you know, John is this motivational speaker. Right. Uh, who who gets his entire universe in a flurry about uh, uh, the fact that oh, <laughs> death exists, more or less, to simplify mm -hmm. it. And uh, through talking to Merle, eventually he realizes that this isn't what he wants anymore. But the movement exists outside of him now. He's no longer at the center of it. And it like consumes him without yeah. like w without his consent, essentially. Right. And, and it's, it, it, it speaks to me like in a, in a religion, you can be somebody who is a, a figurehead, a centerpiece of a religion, and then realize that what you're doing has moved beyond its initial intentions and has become ultimately deeply harmful, but you're yeah. not in control of it. It has gained a sort of a priori sentience of its own where it's an organism that exists in the space between people and it it Whoa. it feeds <laughs> I, I say smart things sometimes uh it it feeds off of a belief that people have that okay you know this is doing something for me and it's like an investment almost i will have a reward as a result or in the case of the hunger it's that we will become all of existence so that we will never die and it's, it, it, I think, I'm not even entirely sure what I'm trying to say, except that it, 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 what makes the hunger so compelling, I was, so this is actually kind of why I decided to, to or with a question that made me want to do the video in the first place, is I was re-listening to uh, The Stolen Century and Story and Song, and it struck me that uh, there's there's a lot of talk in media and criticism circles about how 
in science fiction and fantasy, you often have your plucky cast of characters against the Horde. And the Horde is very often a coded version of like racist caricatures and Mm -hmm. immigration, like fear of immigration. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of alien invasions, uh, alien invasion narratives are uh, about that. And it struck me that the hunger could very easily fall into that same category. So I wanted to, like everybody, I love the McElroys. I don't want to realize that one of my favorite stories that they have told is tacitly in support of racism. Uh, right, of course. So I decided to like delve into it. Like, okay, what are the actual mechanics of the hunger and how, what, what is the story actually saying? And mm-hmm. uh, that kind of led me backwards as I was trying to find evidence for the, the patterns I was seeing in the Adventure Zone and like their other stuff. Because the other thing is that it, it their stuff resists a political reading at first because it's mm-hmm. both absurd, seemingly random, and ultimately very lighthearted and funny. And mm-hmm. the, the political context requires a bit of work to dig into. And like, there's, there's, you can point to countless times where they'll do an offhand joke about what's is, I think Mayor McCheese is a libertarian. Uh, right. No gods, no kings, kings only, only food. food. Yeah. But like, <laughs> but, it, but, it, but, it, but it's, you can, you can say those jokes, but not really be reflecting your politics and like the message of the show. And right. that was sort of, what I was trying to figure out was what are they well, really saying between the words? Yeah. Do you think possibly that you're, you know, and it's impossible to read into anything, especially theoretically or critically without applying your own uh, bias towards it. Do you think possibly this desire to not read into the McElroy brothers? Hi, I'm Haley. I'm doing a real interview now. Do you think possibly that um, your desire to not read this negative um, political ideology, something that you disagree with, your hope that that's not true, tinted some of your research? Or do you think that this is empirical? Oh, it's it's absolutely not empirical. And I wouldn't, I don't, I don't want to do empirical research. Like there, there are a number of comments that uh, bash me for being subjective and I find the very idea of uh, objectivity in media theory like a complete farce. Uh, when I when I come to so I I I'm I'm a film student. I graduated from a film media studies program uh, this last December, actually. And congratulations! congratulations. Thank you. Uh, and I decided against going to grad school for the time being because I find the desire to root a lot of media criticism and study in some sense of like a theoretical consistency and and objectivity and like intertextual referencing to existing academia just kind of tiresome and i understand why it exists why it why that's a thing and i respect the people who do that but it ain't for me uh i think what makes youtube a good medium for a particular variety of like critical 
perspectives is that it allows you the leeway to be subjective. And I find that mm. the most compelling video essays are not those which are simply informative, but are interpretive. And I, I present a very kind of over, overly uh, didactic persona where I say, uh, uh, I think we could all agree that capitalism is bad and should be abolished or South Park, a bad television right. show, just sort of like yeah. assuming <laughs> that the audience is, is on board with me. Right. But I don't, but I, but I, I, I do that because on the one hand, I think it's funny, but also because if anybody, if anybody assumes that I believe that I am, I am 100% objective and their own subjective interpretation of a thing is threatened by that, like that's their problem. Um, I, well, I, I think that's part of the beauty of YouTube. Like what you were getting at is this idea of choice of you can choose to subscribe to and consume content from a creator and if you disagree with that person you don't necessarily have to watch their videos it's not being you know it's not on television you know what yeah. i mean and i i know that kind of comes off as that like if you don't like what i'm fucking saying they don't even show up and watch my video but like it's true like you know i have choice i don't have to watch your videos i choose to watch your videos because i think your points of view are in line with my own beliefs and you could make you know that fucking alt-right argument of like oh you're putting yourself in a bubble uh, you know like you don't you need to listen to the other side and i'm like well the other side is nazi so i don't really need to but Same. um yeah. but like <laughs> there is that element of choice and like at the end of the day um one of the greatest things that i think about when i think about video essays and particularly like what you're doing and what people like natalie Wynn are doing is it is making learning fun and not in like a fucking Mavis Bacon number munch kind of way, but like fucking. Uh, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Who? It's an ego raptor reference, sweetheart. You're a little young, but um, <laughs> but the um, but it's it's genuinely like you know you video essays like your own and the the oeuvre of other sort of intellectuals on YouTube doing these critical analyses, um is part of the reason I went back to school. The other part being my girlfriend who is studying to be a teacher, making oh, me realize that education stop. is important. Um, and so, <laughs> but like, yeah, it, it, it elicited in me the idea that like, I can engage with material in a way that is compelling to me and yeah. I can cultivate what kind of information and through what lens I want to consume that information well, and then based from on there, my own beliefs. Well, but then from there you can like make your own content yeah. Like, that's it. You can make your own content. You know, and if there's somebody that you, you're watching and you're like... Yeah, if you think you're so fucking smart, why don't you make your own goddamn video? Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, I, you're like, mm, I don't totally agree with what they're saying, so you know what? I'm going to go do it myself. And Exactly. Then, yeah. That's that's the thing is, ultimately, what I what I want is people to disagree with me. And I, right. want, to be, I want to be wrong. I like being corrected because it means I have room to grow. But like, I want people to to make their own shit. Uh, I'm not I'm not an expert. I'm just I'm I'm somebody who. And your advice should never be followed. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, I I just I don't know. I I connect dots in my own specific way, and I don't try to be objective. I I do a lot of research. 
I spend a lot mm-hmm. of time reading and listening. Um, f- fans of mine know that I'm working on like a, this this ludicrously overlong Twin Peaks deep dive. I've bought like twelve books worth oh, of God. stuff, and uh, it's to you. It's it's gonna total eight episodes by the time it's done in seven years, but like, <laughs> it's the the thing is that it's not though about the the information. It's it's specifically exploring why does this mean something to me and what does that say about how it means things to other people and why it means things to other people. So I'm being very subjective in my analysis and I'm arguably like I've, I've read some different interpretations of the hunger and some that aren't as kind as mine. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like a lot of people, I don't, I don't want to cancel the McElroy's. But like, right. I, uh, you know, I don't think that's a bad thing. I, I have my perspective and ultimately I'm just throwing shit at the wall. And as I'm writing it, it seems like it's coming together. And then I say it and half the time I disagree with myself. Uh, it's just, it's, it's a collaboration with the void where you're just, just just throwing ideas out there and they come back to you and you're like you see all of the things that the McElroys have done and you're trying to find patterns and you think you see them but ultimately this is just millions of hours of noise and the patterns can be interpreted in so many different ways and actually the other video of mine that's cracked 100,000 views, which is appropriately enough a, a defense of a ContraPoints video, mm-hmm. um, I reference an, a, a statement from uh, Behind the Bastards, which is another podcast, where they point out that uh, Nazi propaganda films like Lenny Riefenstahl uh, weren't actually that popular in Nazi Germany, but the films mm-hmm. that were very popular were... Uh, stuff like Mr. Smith Goes to Washington and generally like American patriotic films. Mm. And that's because Mm. they read the Nazi ideology into those films. And really what they get down to is that any film or story with a protagonist who succeeds against all odds can be read as fundamentally fascist. Right. And that's the thing is that you, you cannot win. There is no truth when it comes to interpretation because it's all just theoretical frameworks. There's a feminist reading. There's a postmodern reading. There's a Marxist reading. There's a fascist reading. It, it, it just depends on who you are. And so I don't even bother trying to separate, you know, myself from the media because the only thing I know is what I see. Sorry, you cut out. Did I? Yeah, the you only did, thing you okay. know. I'm I'm on the edge of my seat. The only <laughs> thing you know. <laughs> oh, that's a fun that's a fun place to st- to cut out. I said the only thing I know is what I see. <laughs> oh, gorgeous. You know, it's I was thinking about this um this actually what you're saying loops back around to our no bummers episode where we um were talking about intent versus impact and like I, as a creator, can have one kind of intention when I'm making something um, and put my ideals and my beliefs into things 
but that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to resonate that way with every single person that consumes it. There is somebody out there who could take what you make and use it for not your intent at all. And that's just art. That's just part of art. Yeah, that's that's Absolutely. that's a, a materialist understanding of just right. like, you know, we we what we put out in the world is not what we receive. Right. And, you know, that's I think a really, really interesting thing because, like, tying it back onto the macroways, you know, they are, like, they're just, they're just three fucking dudes. Like, yeah. they're just <laughs> three fucking dudes who just, like, showed up and, like, were, did some goofums and made some boner jokes and then everybody was, like, fucking, yes. you know, Taco is my fucking like dad. gender identity yeah, right. and like Magnus is my dad and fucking Merle is my other dad and they're gay together and like you know <laughs> and which is not canon and not true but um you know like people started attaching these things to them into their shows and like reading things into that their their content and like they have no control over that absolutely and like i i think that's an incredible ex that must be an incredible experience of like creating something that takes on it's like what you're saying with it it oh whoa hang on hot take uh -oh. <laughs> hot take uh -oh. Uh -oh. my brain just made a good smart um here's another reading of the hunger uh and it's this idea that you know griffin created this media empire you know griffin and his brothers created this media empire and you could see john as them as they created this idea, something to escape the nothingness, something to distract yourself from the daily like horror of everything, just a brief escape, the no bummers attitude. And it's taken on a life of its own and it's almost consuming them. Right. You know what I mean? Like this yeah. idea that like their content, their oeuvre and like this narrative that they made now belongs to the fans. Mm -hmm. um, and there is... There must be an existential dread in that, you know. There must be an existential dread in under like knowing that there is a fan podcast about your podcast. You right, know, right. like there must be something like because it wasn't that long ago they were just fucking like they were just a bunch of dicks. You know, like they were just doing their thing. Oh, I and yeah. they didn't. You know, but uh, like, sorry. Continue. Yeah, uh, I I I f I feel that dread myself. Uh, I've I've garnered a small following of my own over a very mm -hmm. short period of time because I started the the trans questioning podcast basically is just a way of chronicling my transition at the start or my mm -hmm. my questioning and then eventually my transition and then I did a handful of videos that came to mean a lot to a lot of people uh, and yeah. this 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 last December I did a video about transitioning which is what it's called and it's this art it's an art film basically but i uh, uh i've gotten so many comments from people saying that 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 video helped them realize that they were trans or helped them feel seen as a trans person for the first time mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. helped their cis friends finally understand what it meant to be trans and mm -hmm. on and on yeah. and on and there's, I think at this point, there's over 500 comments on that video. And I've read oh, just about every single one. And yeah. of those, less than 10 were like trolly assholes. It's right. astounding wow. to me. And uh, that's, 
a lot for me to have mm-hmm. just just been doing this and suddenly people not just like what I do, but feel this life-changing affirmation, mm-hmm. like this, yeah. this powerful message in what I do. And that's been weighing on me a lot. And admittedly, like I look at the McElroys and I see them as an example. I, mm-hmm. I'm trying to learn both from their successes and their mistakes. And it's, I can only imagine that it, it just, the dread of it gets exponentially worse. Right. Well, you know what's <laughs> what's crazy is that Haley and I are starting to feel the edges of that, like minimal. Yeah, I mean, like, but we, I I had a very similar experience, honestly, because I had, sorry to cut you off, baby. It's okay. Um, but I made, I made a, like a part of a podcast I originally started doing, my first podcast, Snub Dub, we did a, a musical episode about being trans. It was a trans princess musical called Prove Me Wrong. And um, on that video, you know, it's it has easily the most views or listens to anything I've ever created in my entire life. And, you know, it, it's peanuts compared to the number you pull in. But, you know, well, no, no use comparing. It's it, for <laughs> me, it is an astounding number. And, um, you know, the comments on that video and the comments like the messages I got on Tumblr and stuff were like it was along the same lines of people being like, you know, this helped me get through another day and like this made me this was able to let me put words to my feelings in a way that I I didn't know how to do before and you know etc etc and yeah it definitely it it starts to hit you in a way that's it it, your work has become more than you right yeah your whole life as an artist and as a thinker as a creator you're just like my work is an extension of me and then it grows up bigger than you and you're just like, oh, fuck. It must be like a, to some small degree the, the 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 dread of like being a parent and like having a child. Mm. And then all of a sudden that child is like in college studying something you don't know anything about. And you're like, you know more than me, but you came out of me. How the fuck? <laughs> um, That's another but, good reading of, of The Hunger, honestly. If, if we're talking about John as somebody who... No, no longer has control of it. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, baby. What were you saying? Yeah. Uh, no, it's okay. I was just saying that, like, we've even had a minor experiences like that with this podcast specifically. Um, I've had people who listen to our show reach out to us and say, like, you know, your show <laughs> made me like made my day. Like, I I refresh the feed. Even though I know your schedule, I refresh the feed like looking for your show because it always makes me happy. And like I've re-listened to your episodes a bunch of times and like hearing how you and Haley and your relationship has made me want to get back in touch with people I broke bridges with. And like mm-hmm. it's just like hearing people say like, you know, all I've ever wanted to do in my whole life, like the reason I originally went to school to be a performer and why I'm now going to school to be a teacher instead was because all I've ever wanted to do since I couldn't remember is to just touch other people and inspire them to inspire, like just be be um, a role model for other people and to motivate other people to do what they want and to follow their dreams. And, you know, I just want to be able to let people know that like it's okay and if you want to do something, you can. Absolutely. Because I had so many people like that in my life and... I was really blessed to just have so many, especially like choir teachers and and educators in my family and just like people who really loved me and supported me no matter what. Um, 
and still do. And so it just, you know, I just wanted to be that. I want to be that person for other people. I specifically remember this like really vivid memory of middle school. Mm -hmm. Um, I got bullied a lot in middle school. Um, because I was a huge nerd. Um, and, uh, in sixth grade, all of the eighth graders were so mean to me, and I made it a pact. I was like, when I leave school, I want to be known as the nicest eighth grader. And I, and it, it happened, like, weird. I don't know how, like, the world came down and was like, you have been blessed. But we they did this thing where it's like the eighth grade clap out, you know, where they, like, everybody walks through the halls and they, like, yeah. wish you goodbye. This sixth grader came up and gave me a big hug and was like, you were the nicest eighth grader we ever met and we love you so much and we're so sad that you're going. And I was like, Aww. I did it. My goal, my life is complete. I'm fine. I don't need to do any. Of course, I was, like, 13. <laughs> so, like, I sure. had life is much longer than just 13. But, um, <laughs> you know. What? <laughs> so uh but you know i i i you know, that's why we started this podcast and this network and to create this community of people who are artists and creators and like it's so exhilarating and exciting and like i wake up in the morning thinking about it and i go to bed at night thinking about it but at the same time it's like really terrifying because <laughs> like one wrong one you know you want to don't want to do anything wrong right but like at the same time like you want to live your truth and like ugh, it's it's a lot it's a lot yeah it is and so i i admire yeah. the mcelroy brothers mostly for that reason because like i have not i have no idea what they go through but i have like a small morsel of an idea like i have like 128th an idea of like what they experience and uh, it's stressful bless them (laughs) bless them and poor griffin with his anxiety i mean for real god God. Um, yeah on top of everything else i love um, that boy he's i'm i just want to be his like intern or like his protege like (laughs) you know that you know that um spider-man into the spider-verse meme where it's peter b parker sitting there like looking all like stoic and then miles morales is there like chin hands yeah that's (laughs) griffin is peter b parker and i'm miles morales i just want to sit there and be like tell me everything you know and he's gonna be like i don't know anything and i'm like yes you do you know more than me tell me everything yeah you know um, (laughs) i love him it's definitely wild and i mean like golly Wow, we've, we've been on a journey together, y'all. Yeah, it's true. And we're only an hour into this puppy. I mean, like, is there anything? Is only there anything, an hour? Is there, any, is there anywhere else to go? I mean, um, there was a topic we brought up at the beginning that we didn't really touch on at all um, regarding, Haley, our conversation that we were having earlier yes. on my way to work. If we want to springboard into a different, like a whole different direction. Oh, I like this because normally on this podcast, what we do is we talk about something like a McElroy product and then we sort of emulate it. And I like this because you did a media criticism of McElroy content and now we should do one together live. Okay. Oh, let's go for it. So, so what, can, will you want, would you mind if I present yeah, this take, conversation? Take the reins, baby. Um, so Haley and I. Love I you. I, I love you, baby. Um, Haley and I had a, a very deep intellectual discussion, which is why she's my girlfriend and I am going to marry her someday. Um, oh, it, was, but, it was brought on by um, a debate we had a while ago about Mulan, I think. Uh, or, I think just just we had about 
uh, gender in general and just like yeah. gender identity, um, you know, because I, I'm a cis woman. And so there are things that I don't understand because I'm not trans. Like there are just certain parts of the like trans female experience that I will never be able to have any kind of concept of. And so because of that, like Haley and I have a lot of conversations about like gender and sexuality and the difference between femininity and masculinity and like the dichotomy and of relationship. That. Yeah. yeah and, between... and how they inter intertwine. And I, I'm, my words are all of a sudden aren't working, but anyway, so we had another, she was talking about how she discussed Mulan in class today and brought up the point of like, you know, Mulan is an empowering character, but the message of the movie is inherently problematic. Um, mm. And so we started having this discussion about how like, you know, uh, how our views, our opinions of what is defined as feminine and masculine are inherently different. Like, you know, uh, one of the topics we discussed before was like the act of like having sex, like, doing that is very masculine but like making love like the afterglow and the like sweet tender moments that's very feminine um mm. but i you know i've always like i have the opinion of like i refuse to believe that like there are certain aspects of like we got into the topic of like violence and brutality and like i think direct violence is very masculine but like i find like fencing very feminine you know like the scene from princess bride that's a very feminine scene with the witty banter and the, you know, elegant flips and the sword play. Like that's incredibly feminine. There is and all the shade they're oh throwing. My God. I mean, oh my like, God. Please. There, there is very little that's masculine about that, you know? And, and I find martial arts to be an incredibly feminine form of violence. Like, you know, not that I want <laughs> to be violent, but like, it's just, it's it doesn't always have to be, you know, and we talked about like um, subterfuge and camouflage and secrecy and spying and like that all feels very feminine. Um, and so this whole conversation led us to talking about Taz. And, you know, I started thinking about like exactly what we mentioned before about like, you know, the reason so many women, I think, really like love Griffin and empathize with him is because he has this very feminine energy about him. And that like, again, and it's not you know, to diminish his masculinity and say he's any less of a man because that's a completely toxic thought process. Um, right. That is the yeah. the central conceit of toxic masculinity is that men cannot exhibit feminine traits. Right. When we see him speak so lovingly about his child and like caring for his family and yeah. showing, you know, open like sadness and joy and like emotions outside of like horny and angry, although... Mm -hmm. Um, but like, you know, it's, he, he exhibits a wide range of emotions, right. which under this sort of like theoretical umbrella of toxic masculinity is like not allowed. Right. And so he, he definitely has that feminine energy to him. So sorry. Continue. You're okay, baby. Um, I, yeah. And so I just think like, I mean, he even that, like you were talking baby about his, about his kid, like in the seminar he gave, he talked, he's like, I have stopped doing as much because I want to spend time with my two-year-old. Like I love my son and I, I want to be with him more than I have been. Um, and so like, that's why he quit Polygon. Um, oh. And so, um, you know, I, I just, uh, let me, I'm gathering, it, I need to gather yeah. my, my, let me, my let me take the reins for a sec. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so 
basically what we started talking about was like how that is expressed through the work. And so taking a sort of queer studies and feminist theory reading to the adventure zone, Mm -hmm. we started like unraveling these little bits and pieces about the depth of these characters beyond, you know, a surface level examination of a character like Magnus Burnside's is he's a big manly man, 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 you know, like he's a big Mm -hmm. battle axe swinging armor wearing, shield throwing, hard jumping, fighting, Magnus rushes in, big burly boy. Well, he, and with, just, with a big bushy beard and sideburns and he's- Yeah, and he's scars a, and yeah. like, you know, he's just like big beard boy. You know, he's right. just the he's man, man, man. Big old hairy man. And like, but, you know, he has this soft, soft core inside of him where he- he loves animals and yeah. wants to take care of them and he's creative and like makes art and like wood carvings and stuff. Right. And he loves and, and misses his wife and like will yeah. not have a relationship with any other person because Julia was the love of his life. Yes, and any ship otherwise is invalid. Unless it's um, stolen century, but that's unless neither it's here nor there. <laughs> but um yeah, and so like it's he exhibits these very feminine characters, especially like with the void fish right. and like, you know, how he takes care of Fisher and like really, really cares about it. And like, and that kind of, uh, that depth to his character is really, really interesting. And then we looked at Taco, who is almost the opposite where um, Taco, while on the outside is pretty characteristically feminine, like he's, you know, very, very, very gay <laughs> and yeah. like fabulous. Um, Taco exhibits a lot of internally masculine characteristics, like the desire for fame and power and like violence and retribution. Right. And he's um, destructive you know, and he curses so and, much. And for a bottom, he's surprisingly dominant. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, and then Merle on top of that, like Merle is, you know, a, like a deadbeat dad, gruff voiced, beardy dwarf dwarf man, but like he's a spiritual man. He's crunchy. He's got beach vibes, and right. like he's, he's a, a plant cleric and loves flowers, and like right. There's all of this subversion of a typical like external gender assumption, right? And this like tumultuous, like complicated gender internal. Um, like uh, experience of these characters that I think really resonates with people who don't necessarily fall firmly into like, hi, I'm cis man real boy, <laughs> and hi, I'm cis woman real girl. Um, you know, like it's it's just fucking, it's it's more complicated than that, and right. the reading of the of the actual content supports that. Hmm. I think you you you've you've hit on some interesting points here. Uh, I want to push back a little bit. Okay, In, I like this. I I bristle a little bit when we start getting into essentialist terms as far as sure. gender is concerned, and we're we're gendering particular behaviors. And I know we're speaking from like a, a, a traditional like cultural perspective. Like I, I see what you're saying and I see, I, and I don't mm-hmm. necessarily disagree with you when you're pointing to feminine characteristics and masculine characteristics. But I think uh, 
there is a danger of crystallizing those sort of categories as being inherently in conflict. And it's like, these are the masculine characteristics of Magnus, and these are the feminine characteristics of Magnus. And when I hear you describe the uh, masculine characteristics, it's sort of like uh, violence, strength, gruff, whereas feminine characteristics are like loving, kind, caring. And there's nothing inherently masculine or feminine about either of those things. And even as we're like deconstructing our expectation of gender in a narrative, we're still sort of backing up the assumption that these traits are on some level fundamentally masculine and others fundamentally feminine. And the thing for me is that what makes these characters so good is that all of their traits equalize to a well-rounded human being. And a well-rounded human being, whether uh, assigned male or assigned female at birth, uh, is, is one who exhibits masculine and feminine traits right uh and traits of all genders in betwixt it's and 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 this is not in like an accusation of, of at you or anything like that it's just oh, no for sure this is the discourse yes no well but that's that's exactly i think what we're saying here is that i you know i was making trying to make the point that like taz to a certain degree is almost the perfect narrative with char- character wise because the characters are perfectly balanced like yes they are balanced right Ooh. that that's and that's that's really what i was getting at is that you know they have all of these characteristics but they it's it's not like toxically masculine or like right sweet sugary obnoxiously feminine either do you know what i mean it's, like yeah. everybody is balanced it's a rebuke of that assumption right. of like yeah. You look at Taco from an external, like, you know, let's, you know, have a straw man argument here, which I know is dangerous, but fuck it, they're a straw man. Um, and, you know, the straw man argument for Taco is like, oh, he's, you know, he's gay and he's afraid of getting in fights. Taco's good out here, right? Like, just yeah. uh, for purely external view, he's, he's aesthetically focused, worried about his looks and stuff like that and how his reputation is. Uh, Taco kicks ass. Taco kicks major ass. I mean, fucking Dupree. Dupree. (laughs) But like, you know, it's it's constantly subverting your expectations, but I, not to, you know, stick too hard onto uh, essentialist terms, but, um, I, I think there is some uh, empowerment to be found in the idea of... This was my problem with Mulan, is that at the end of the movie, Mulan solves her problems with, you know, narratively masculine acts by blowing up the, ba- the bad guy with a big phallic rocket and, like, doing the kill. Yeah. And, you know, that basically says, like, Mulan figured it out. She had to be a man in order to win. And now the story is over. And it's like, well, (laughs) why couldn't she win as a woman? You know, like, and there, what I love about Taz so much is that they found a way to make, you know, these narratively feminine moments 
of, you know, tenderness and love and connection. Um, and I wouldn't even, you know, say, uh, let's move away from the terms feminine and masculine. Just these, like, these soft moments, these moments that are outside of physical violence and built into emotion. Those are the centerpiece moments of the entire story. And, like, not even so far as, like, the Bond engine and the big, like, Final Fantasy showdown <laughs> fist fight with God, as you said, which I love. Um, you know, where, you know, they all of their friends came together and they stood together as one on the day of story and song and won. It, it's around the death of Magnus and it's around um, arms outstretched. You know, like, it's yeah. around these, it's around the death of Sloan or the, the I guess, petrification of Sloan and Hurley into trees. Um, I don't know what the terminology for becoming a tree is. I, I would, yeah. The arboration of Hurley. <laughs> I, uh, I was just, I was just and, about to go there. Yeah. Um, the arboration of Hurley and Sloan. Like those are the hearts of, that's the, that's the core, the narrative core of the story. It's, and the fights are almost like bits and pieces along the way. You know, like, God lied. I, I remember God lied much more than I remember the fight that led to his arm being removed. You know, Absolutely. like Merle's like I remember um the the showdown with um God, I forget his name. Dork boy made the elevators. Lucas. Um, Lucas is yeah. I remember the conversation with Lucas about his mom and what his motivations were more than the fight with um Legion. You know, like it's it's about the story and the narrative and the emotion and the feelings of the characters. And I think that's what makes Taz um, better than Critical Role. There we go. I said it. Uh, so, <laughs> um, <laughs> listen, yeah. we're not anti Critical Role, but we're definitely not pro Critical Role. <laughs> I'm pro editing is what I am. That's I was um, I was about to go there. I'm yeah. pro not thirty minute bathroom breaks in the middle of my podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Thank oh, you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um. So. I'm pro not cross table talk in my podcast. God, fucking damn it. Um. But thank. I'm Matt Mercer is a good man, and I he's a good DM. They're all good, you know, from my understanding. But yeah. you know, it's oh, golly. Anyway. <laughs> So, um, hot takes, think, hot takes, hot takes, hot yeah. takes, hot takes, hot takes. I think that's a good place uh, to leave off. Is there anything else you wanted to bring up, Sarah, as far as um, things you might have left out, things you wanted to, been, wanted to talk about or address? Oh, I mean, I've been kind of scanning my notes to see like what stuff I left out. Uh, I brought up earlier that I am meticulous in, in reading things even as I don't necessarily use it all um, mm -hmm. I was I was all set to go with my first version of this script uh, up until the point when I decided like you know I should make sure that nobody else has hit some of these same uh, uh, points so I went on YouTube and I was looking around and I did, there weren't any other video essays kind of on the same topic. There's a couple about monster factory specifically. Right. Uh, but not to the extent that I take it uh, or wanted no. to take it. It's more about like the cinematic value, I think. And yeah. The artistic value. That, the yeah. browse held high video. Love yeah. It. And, and also Mikey movies with Mikey yes. has one. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, which I think is actually, how I found Monster Factory. But anyway, um, then I found this podcast and I got so fucking mad 
because <laughs> I saw you had all of these episodes and I was just like, God, I've got to listen to all of these to make sure I'm not plagiarizing. And I, the, there is this part of my brain that's like, okay, I'm going to listen to the first episode and it, it, like, if it sucks, then I can say, fine, I don't care. And I was even more mad because it didn't suck. <laughs> it's like, it, it, on, a, on a tangent, I, uh, there was a time when I was looking at changing my name on Patreon and like rebranding or whatever. And I decided to search, like, are there any other Sarah Z's? And I came to discover that not only is there another Sarah Z on Patreon, but she makes YouTube uh, video essays about like politics and media. And oh. I went to her channel and she's good. Oh. And I'm just like, it's, an, it's again that thing of like, I want to, I want to like throw you in the trash and say, no, I am the true heir to the throne, <laughs> but I can't. Uh, and now we're friends, which is fun. Uh, but oh, like, great. Uh, I actually listened to, your entire first episode, I listened to your Mabim Bam episode and I listened to the No Bummers episode. And that's when I decided I had to stop and finish my video first because <laughs> uh, I I actually had like half a page of notes that I was taking from stuff that y'all said. And it like, I could feel it start to see then and like change my perspective in a way that's like, uh oh, people are going to think I'm plagiarizing them now. So the thing that I was trying to avoid was the thing that was starting to happen. Uh, oh, I, I appreciate that. That's... You have my full rights to plagiarize us with yes. full credit. So I, I, I had I fully intended because there's a lot of stuff that y'all said uh, that I wanted to hit on, but I fully intended to actually feature you slightly more than just at the very end but like so many other things as i was like honing it down to its barest essentials like the original script it would have been like a 55 minute video which fuck oh, that. yeah well uh, you know if you have if you ever have the desire to make another mcelroy video you have our full permission to use anything we say as a, as long as you cite us of course but oh sure you know MLA academia format. and all that emily um <laughs> <laughs> stupid um so wow this was a good episode i feel I good, a good time. Yeah. yeah i feel i feel academically nourished in a way that i haven't and i go to college so um that's not, that's fun earlier earlier today i i uh was passing by campus on my way to pick up medication i started decided to stop by uh one of my pr favorite professor's office just to chat and mm -hmm. he's like, oh, you're, you seem to be doing well. Do you want to come and talk to my class? And <laughs> I'm just like, why? What's the point of college at this point? I'm just some asshole. Let's get. Anyway, I just find that <laughs> I, I find it. So I have another like there are there are several people who are asking me to come talk in their like academic classes um one of my videos is apparently being used as like the focal point of a big academic paper in the uk oh my and God. like the, sc the screen conference in uh i want to say germany but i think it's actually somewhere else uh like this guy's giving like a talk that is based on contrapoints but pivots on my video defending her and talking about like youtube art as a concept and i'm just like I didn't cite any sources. I didn't read a book before this. I just sort of was like <laughs> thinking and like 
yeah, that sounds profound. Fuck it. So it's like, it's all a lie. It's all I a mean, lie. I mean, fuck, that's that's every philosopher's whole fucking career. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Friedrich Nietzsche was literally just like, mm, this sounds like it's it's a smart person thing to say. I'm going to write a whole fucking book. Oh, hell yeah. God's dead and we killed him. What does it mean? <laughs> Um, oh, it's Lord. just fucking. It's a bunch of. It's a bunch of bullshit. Anyway, fuck college. Just watch YouTube videos instead. Agreed. Just kidding. Get your degree. Um, <sighs> I wish, but like, I need a degree for my job. Is the thing. Yeah, yeah I. I mean, I and I. Can't, I shouldn't. I shouldn't meme too much because I do. Like, I wouldn't be able to articulate my thoughts the way that I do if I hadn't spent. Yeah. You know. Uh, f- all that time well, f- in those f- English classes. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and and that 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 good good uh, rest of my life in uh, student loan payments. But oh, oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think uh, anyway. a good takeaway for this is, uh, hey, youngins out there who are listening to this, uh, don't go to college because you think you have to. Go to college because you want to. Absolutely, one hundred percent. And make uh, that boat right now. Make yeah, things yeah. that make you happy. Go to college and study what you want to study. And don't go to college unless you're ready to go to college. Yes. Good and lord. And don't think a degree. Don't think a degree is gonna get you a job because it oh. fucking won't. It study will not. whatever the hell you want. I make podcasts. Am I studying radio design and media and sound engineering? No, I'm studying history so that one day I can make a podcast where I go on and on about bullshit that happened in history and people can take me seriously because <laughs> I have a degree. But like, that's fucking. It's yeah. literally just. Follow your dreams, kids, and seize the means of production. Absolutely. And <laughs> no no lie, there are no rules. No rules, just right. Make art. Hell no rules, just right. Fucking yes. I actually, Outback. I want to end. I want to end on this fucking um, Outback Rochi. Um, I want to end <laughs> on this great meme my friend sent me today because uh, it ties loosely into what we're talking about and it's it's not a visual meme so it's just it's just words which is good there was a tweet by uh tiny dekus at tiny dekus and it says uh art schools no fan art renaissance painters here are my 10 different nsfw paintings of lucifer <laughs> so on that note everybody sarah would you like to tell people where they can find you and where your content is and oh yeah. oh yeah i guess that's the thing i can do um i guess the big thing i'm on twitter at hms no fun and all of my other links are from there that's a joke from tumblr back in the days when tumblr was a thing uh, <laughs> remember tumblr yeah uh, back when i was a, a baby sjw uh, oh. but yeah, my YouTube channel is let's talk about stuff. I've got a video about Homestuck about to come out eventually. Oh uh, God. Ooh, yep. Spicy we're meatballs. Going, oh God. Uh, <laughs> why you should read it even. Um, what? Yep. Oh, I'm going to have to watch that. I guess Hell I don't yeah. have to send that to all my Homestuck friends. Hell yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, I, YouTube shows, let's talk about stuff. I also host the trans questioning podcast, which is available everywhere. You can find, find, find you know, the whole, the whole spiel. Just go to, go to Twitter at HMS no fun. I post garbage like everybody else on Twitter. Uh, some people accuse me of being funny. I don't know. Judge, judge for yourself. <laughs> 
Thank you, and that was great. Thank and you. we are we um, are the Good Boys Girls. You can find us at Good Boys Girls TM. Um, we are also proudly hosted by LunarLightStudio.com. You can find them at LunarLightHQ on Twitter or at, like I said, www.LunarLightStudio.com, where you can find all of our other shows like Comradical, Art Ghost, Radio, Cryptid Keeper, Over Witch, Ending Pending, Netflix and Kill, and so many more. Um, if you would like to find us, oh, please leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, it helps us a lot if you can leave us those sweet, sweet reviews. And also, we love reading them. Um, I it makes would, us feel good inside. It makes all fuzzy us feel and good and warm and fuzzy. Um, I'm going to thank people for leaving us reviews. Unless you're homophobic, like that one fucking Like guy. that one guy that we fucking dragged. Um, also, Hell yeah. <laughs> donate to Don't us on- Don't be homophobic unless you want to get dragged. <laughs> donate to us on Patreon. Um, oh, we yeah. are currently, we are trying really hard to reach our $200 goal. Cause once we hit that, uh, we're going to be able to start putting out our, um, D and D tabletop RPG podcast hosted by, um, Ryan at Chongo show. He's a YouTube memer and we love him very much and he's going to be a wonderful DM. So please, 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 please donate to the Patreon. Um, we do have a 420 nice tier, so consider <laughs> consider donating um there's no there's no other uh benefits beyond the one dollar level other than uh uh nice correct Beautiful. Uh, i honestly do not remember where we left off last time oh i remember alexis elizabeth so um thank you to uh aaron cerise ali Bibin, uh h blasta god Hell yeah survival craft is bad Macklefan representative mm-hmm. number 4,784, who left two reviews in a row. Thank you for that. Um, loop de lo- loop, de loop, which is cute. Uh, is and cute. Sword and Sorcery, who all left us reviews on iTunes. So thank you so much for that. And, and um, um, you can find us at our personal Twitters. I'm at Hey Stews. I am at Blue Space Queen. Oh, one and... more little housekeeping thing, if you don't mind. Um, yes. Since this is coming out later um on friday march 15th i dropped an album of music it's five songs it's an ep it's my second album um except this one has singing on it um so wow (laughs) yeah it was and it also has taz fan songs it has taz fan songs two of them because i'm a big old dorcas um but yeah it's one of them's one of them's about Magnus and Julia, and it makes me oh, cry every single no. time. <laughs> it's uh, and the other one's about the stolen century, and it makes me cry every single time. <laughs> but it also slaps. So thanks, baby. You're my number get one this fan. Album. Get this album. It's by my girlfriend. She's the lesbian Lin Manuel Miranda, and um, <laughs> I'll fucking fight you. Yeah. Um, uh, Haley actually did some background vocals for me and wrote me a slap and bass line. So thank you for that. Um, and uh, yeah, it was a labor of love. It took me like seven months to put together. So please. Consider- two years to write that song. Yeah, two years to write a fucking song. Can you imagine? Um, but uh, also, the other thing I'm thinking about doing is. Um, crowdsourcing a vinyl pressing because I'm crazy and I really want a vinyl of my album. So if, yeah. if you also want a vinyl of my album, uh, I will hopefully, if I decide to do that, there will be links on my Twitter and probably maybe in the bio this of this episode. Maybe episode, yes. Uh, that's rad. Okay, so I think that's everything. But yes, I just, I Haley has incurred, I have, re, re, wait, words. What uh-huh. am I trying to say? 
you have been I have refrained to, I have refrained yeah. from advertising my personal like music stuff because it doesn't relate to the network but Haley has encouraged me to do that so I'm trying to be better and talk do about it. my personal projects do um, it. good if the McElroy brothers do it so can I so yeah hell yeah um Check out my if album. the McElroy brothers can will themselves into a fucking DreamWorks movie, you can do anything. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the goddamn truth. And uh, so, yes, thank you for that's listening the to the Good Boys Girls. That is the secret, though. <laughs> if you want it to happen, it will. If you want it hard enough, you just have to want it really hard. Kids be like the hunger. Kids be like the hunger, transcend reality, and absorb all information. <laughs> Um, and make art. Uh, yes. So, um, and uh, yeah. So, uh, Sarah, do you want to say our uh, outro catchphrase? Take a hammer and fix the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everybody. We'll I see you next it. time. <laughs> Lunar Light Studio. Pretty, witty, and gay. Hmm.